Listeners, we have something very exciting to announce. We found our producer. There's someone you might know about. Someone who's been doing audio fiction for a while. Someone who is brilliant and badass. Someone we've all wanted to work with forever. Two Twitter questions. Perfect. Do it. Uh, one of which is Lucy asking to know who the producer is it's and me. guessing Julia. Hey, what's um, up? <laughs> <laughs> this week on Scoring Magic, we'll tell you all about how we brought on our producer, Julia Shafini. Bow, bow, bow. When we started planning Valence, one of the things we knew we had to consider was how operations would work behind the scenes. We call these things practicals, and we have a channel in our internal Discord server for it that we call practicals planning. That's not like an industry term, it's just what made sense to us. Over the first couple weeks of writing scripts, we also hung out in practicals planning a lot. Something we knew immediately was that we'd need to bring on a producer for Valence, and we'd have to bring them on before anyone else. None of us have the knowledge or experience to figure out the level of sound design we want, and if we tried, we would full-on die. We don't have the time or energy or brain. So, we started brainstorming producers we knew who fit some criteria that was important to us. First, they had to have experience, and they had to have worked on podcasts all of us liked. We needed someone to produce intricate scenes with crowd noise, realistic dialogue, and yes, what magic sounds like. So we had to make sure they had all the skills to figure that out, or to tell us when we were absolutely bonkers and needed to dial things back. Second, they had to be someone we could actually budget. Hug House is a brand under our LLC, Podcast Problems, and we decided as a company that we didn't want any pro bono work at all. This meant that we had to really be aware of compensating our producer fairly. And third, they had to be someone who made sense in the Hug House family. We wanted someone we knew well, someone we trusted, and someone who fit in with our mission statement and ethics as a company. One name came to mind pretty immediately. Julia. Julia Shafini has been doing audio fiction for a long time, but mostly just voice work until recently. In October 2018, though, she started doing production work on Giannis Descending, an intricate and innovative space opera. Then she started producing Honey Roast, a sweet, tender, nonfiction podcast. We'll link both of these and Julia's site in the show notes. Our main worry was that Julia would be way outside of our budget. We had marked her as our pie-in-the-sky option, but we decided it would be better to try than to be self-defeating. We talked over some options, assuming we'd have to go with our second or third choice. So, fueled by adrenaline, we sent Julia a proposal email that was pretty sparse. Just, hey, would you perhaps want to collaborate on something with us? When she said she would, we sent her a non-disclosure agreement so we could tell her more about Valence. When that was signed, we sent her an abridged version of our show bible. Okay. Hi, friends. Oh. Hi. So, I don't know if I should talk yet. You should. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. So we have with us Julia Shafini, because Julia, we've brought you on as our producer for Valence. 
What? When did this happen? I oh, find nothing. I don't know what's no. happening. <laughs> I, it's okay. I, I bought your soul from the demon. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Right I'm glad the demon is acting as a good middleman manager kind of situation here. So, Yeah, it worked really well. Um, you know, they've got like an app now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty seamless. Mm, good. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> it's like the it's like the fiber, but for my soul. <laughs> yeah. So first step was, did we meet about it, the three of us? Um. Or did we just talk over Discord? I think we just talked over Discord. I think it might have been. Yeah. It yeah. all happened really fast. <laughs> it, yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so we talked over Discord. And then I think um, our plan was to reach out to you and then a few others if, you know, if you turned us down for whatever reason. Then from there, I reached out to you, Julia. We started an an email thread about it. And then I think the next thing I did was send you the, once you had voiced some interest, I had sent you the NDA Mm -hmm. and the story bible. Or the story, the pitch document, at least, right? Uh, you had me sign the NDA, and then after that, you sent over the pitch document and the uh, first script. So I can very take a look important. At it. Yeah, first script, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. NDA was first. Yes, very just important. In case. Yeah. Um, while I know you, and I know that you wouldn't be like screaming our secrets everywhere, <laughs> even still, if you have access to that, it's something. It's always just good to have things in writing, you know. Of course. Do you I also fr- feel very, very important whenever I sign an NDA. So oh, nice. <laughs> Does it ever freak you out? Um, no, not really, because I'm very good at keeping secrets. And so yeah. I could just be like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm working on this project. I can't really talk about it. I signed an NDA and then feel special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the words, I signed an NDA, just feel mm. magic. It does, it does. I just feel like a real, real business person every time. I always get worried um, that when I send people like guest agreements or NDAs or any anything where they have to sign anything, people are just going to get freaked out and be like, like, this is too much. Like, this is too okay. much for me to handle. You know mm-hmm. what? Like, the funny thing is, probably two years ago, I would have been kind of freaked out by an NDA. So I've been doing more contract work and creating NDAs of my own and stuff like that. I, I'm much more familiar with the process, and now it makes me feel more comfortable than scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think one thing people don't think about is that when it comes to contracts like that, um, it's about protecting both people, too. Mm-hmm. Like the, I would say the NDA is like protecting uh, Hug House writers a little bit more, but like when it came to your actual contract... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess let's actually get to that. So once you looked over those things, you sent me like a, like, yeah, cool, let's put this in motion. So mm-hmm. I sent you a contract. And a step that was really important to me was sending it to you and then telling you, look this over, tell me what you would like to see in it that isn't already there. Right. And then we made further edits. And I, I, I will say that the the contract was very comprehensive when I first got it. There were just mm-hmm. a few questions that I had because I'm not the kind of person that just signs a contract without reading it. So I, I'm glad we were able to discuss some changes that I thought would make things clearer and the process was 
basically as painless as possible. Let's talk real quick about Rocket Lawyer. And no, this isn't sponsored by Rocket Lawyer. But like, we are open. Call us. At Podcast Movement 2018, I went to a session on legality for podcasters that exploded my brain. Basically, the two entertainment lawyers hosting explained why you need to have written agreements for everyone involved on your podcast. Everyone. Everyone. It's not overkill. It doesn't matter how big your podcast is. It's just smart. I googled around and found Rocket Lawyer, which provides pre-built forms you can add specific information fields to before emailing off. It allows people to sign with secure e-signatures and it gives you updates when the forms are filled out. It sends everyone who signed a PDF copy of the completed form. It's a buck a month, unless you are me and don't read closely enough, and then the first month is $35. Don't be like me. Make sure you choose the right option. Using Rocket Lawyer's built-in consultation agreement and non-disclosure agreement, we collaborated in practicals planning to make sure the wording looked good to all of us. We sent it off to Julia, and then waited. Because we're fools. And we sent it to her literally the day before she was leaving for an event. Which we knew. When we emailed the forms to Julia, we wanted to make sure that she had the opportunity to collaborate on them as well. It was as important to us for her to be protected as it was for us to be protected. And she did have some edits she wanted to see. So we added those in, all of us signed, and then bing bang boom we were done. Well, until it comes time to start paying her, but that's for an episode down the line. If you want to get into that real nitty gritty of our contracts, we'll start writing blog posts with tons of details for our patrons once we have 25 supporters on Patreon. Want to help us get there? The link is in the show notes as always, or you can go to patreon.com slash hughousepods. And then while all of this was happening, we were also, the three of us were in the Discord just screaming at each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious how, how that went, since obviously that was not the oh, part yeah. of the conversation that I was seeing. It was like, at, at least for me, and this is pretty common for uh, every exciting thing for all of this, is I would go through really rapid spirals of being really excited and then being absolutely terrified and then having a million regrets, not about you, but about like people seeing my work and, you know, the the work being made. And also, am I compensating you fairly? And also, am I doing something that's going to serve you well creatively? And, and then looping back to like, but holy shit, though. <laughs> I still don't think it has sunk in that we're doing the dang thing. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, like, I don't. I don't know. I. It feels like. I, it feels real, but at the same time, I'm like, nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, when I was doing the um the transcripts and making it about three times as hard for myself as it needed to be because mm-hmm. I am me, <laughs> and, and you'd think that would be a hint that like, hey, this happening, but no. I think. Um, I. I don't know. Just from the the process I've gone through with creating audio fiction and stuff in the past very much this probably still feels hypothetical to you because you brought on like one person so far and yeah you know you, you haven't done casting yet haven't done like scripts out to actors haven't really recorded anything for Valance instead of I mean obviously we've recorded stuff for uh, scoring magic at this point but <laughs> the like audio fiction side of it doesn't feel real yet because 
there's no product to it yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. besides scripts, which, you know, uh, you can have a manuscript for a book for forever, but it doesn't mean it's like a published book. You know what I mean? Your brain will continue to tell itself that none of this is real until the thing is in your hands. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to listen to it immediately. Right? Right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no work, only product. We were moving so fast, and the three of us are workaholics and don't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. So, th- which is something we will have to draw lines on, mm-hmm. and we will have to get better at that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, what that holiday weekend? I was at Katie's and we were recording for Scoring Magic and working on episode scripts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just yeah. sat there at Katie's house. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Julia, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot too much here. Um, I want your your read on Valence so far. Like, I know you don't know too much, but you've so you've read the pitch document. You now have access to the full story Bible, but obviously, no pressure to read that full thing because it's oh, big I already and long. did. Oh, okay. Try <laughs> <laughs> to sign up for a thing without reading the full uh, Bible, please. True. I am and then you've also read that thorough. first, yeah, script. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. All right. I will probably admit I was a little intimidated probably reading the script for the first time mm-hmm. because uh, going into it and knowing that I'm looking at the script from a sound design perspective, I was very much, there's a lot of like interesting stuff that definitely is going to get played with just from like a form perspective and mm-hmm. a lot of like crowd scenes and stuff like that, which can be a little bit of challenge if you're you know, either not familiar with it or are looking at bad, uh, bad sound effects to put into the the background. But <laughs> everything like seemed achievable, if not challenging. And I like projects that are challenging, especially when it comes to audio fiction. Um, and I just, yeah, I was I was really excited because it felt like something familiar, but also something that I hadn't seen in audio fiction quite yet. Which, like, I'm trying not to, like, say as many spoilers as possible. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it just, it kind of left me feeling, like, energized after reading the script and then looking at the the show Bible and everything like that, which is why I think I got back to you so quickly after reading the script. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, that's, and I'm hoping that's the, like, that's the feeling we will continue to have, like, because I know personally, I wouldn't be creatively fulfilled unless I was doing something that that does ask for some some weirdness and some kind of innovation. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that that'll always be something exciting to you and never something that's just like frustrating or exhausting. Yeah. And if it ever is, like, you know, let me know and we can work with things and that's- find ways to make it not terrible <laughs> i appreciate that you can send back yeah. the notes that just say no <laughs> yeah you very like much i haven't can. done that before there have <laughs> just been some things where a, a producer will send back notes and i'll be like nah i can't do that sorry just just mm-hmm. with the resources i have can't do it mm-hmm. yeah feel free to do that with us okay i will understand <laughs> well, two twitter questions perfect do it uh one of which is Lucy asking to know who the producer is it's and me. guessing Julia. Hey, what's um, up? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Josh asked, I'm baby. Uh, yeah, can confirm. That's not a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put mm-hmm. a question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, Josh asked, uh, what are some themes we can look forward to in the totally also secret and unnamed TM audio drama? Well, I'm here to answer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please. Well, take the we're floor. going to hurt you. Uh, we're going to hurt you, probably. Um, (laughs) capitalism bad yes Uh, the selling and use of of personal data by big corporations is scary big Uh, corporations scary big corporations scary Uh, leads to bad mm -hmm. mm-hmm gay gay (laughs) Uh, found family good Mm. That was my favorite um, part of it. Yeah. Good. All, all the other Fa- parts, very good, but found family. The found family good. Yeah. Also, mental illness. Difficult. <laughs> not good, not bad. Just hard. And it's our evolved challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think probably, like, uh, like, biggest theme is, like, caring about things is good. But not including yourself, challenges. but not without challenges. Mad's question was, what has been the major difference in creating scoring magic and valence? Since they're different genres, has making one helped you with aspects of the other or made certain parts more difficult? For me, I can say that because I've done more editing in the last couple of months than I have in a while, both between scoring magic and doing some production work on Radio Drama Revival, um, I think I have a better, a slightly better scope of what sorts of things to write in a script for sound design purposes and Mm -hmm. what sorts of assets are available out there for those things. Um, Which means, Julia, you will notice that in scripts, all of them but one, you're going to have a lot fewer crowd scenes. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. I was just looking at that. I'm like, oh, man, the Foley for that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the fact that scoring magic is happening now and mm-hmm. through it, people know Valence is happening. I want Valence to happen now. <laughs> I know. I'm so impatient. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like... There's not a way to fix that. Um, I'm just going to be yeah. a grumpy baby until whenever valence happens. Bringing on a producer is intimidating. You're inviting someone to look behind the curtain without knowing for sure how they'll react. That said, we actually found it pretty easy and really exciting. In between the moments of, oh no, what have we done? It's all too real now. If you're looking for a producer, your first step should be to figure out your budget. How much can you afford to pay your producer? And how intricate will your production be? If you make ongoing money from supporters, how much of that will go to your producer? Always, always, always try to find ways to compensate everyone on your team fairly. Next, listen really closely to the podcasts you love. Are there any podcasts you love that have a similar sound to what you want? Do you notice that a lot of your favorite podcasts are produced by the same person? Do some research on them and get into contact with them. 
Once you've already discussed over a few emails, making sure you lay out plans for your production and payment, send them along a written agreement. We use Rocket Lawyer, but something is always better than nothing. If you can afford consulting with an entertainment lawyer, go for it. And also give us money on Patreon, please. We already knew Julia was going to be the perfect fit for our team, but because she's our producer, that meant she had to answer our big question. So, what does magic sound like? <laughs> well, I think that's a question for you first. <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, the, the genre of fantasy and the genre of magic and, like, the, the urban sci-fi fantasy it's just it varies so intensely mm-hmm. that it really is going to come down to just what you picture in your mind and what vibe you want it to be and then we work to create something that is is practical that exists in the world already but is transformed into something that feels otherworldly mhm 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 one thing i had talked about um like a million years ago when I first started thinking of doing anything was so in the books that Valence is going to be adapted from people's magic had different colors Mm -hmm. and I thought a way to translate that feel where we could kind of like you could hear who was casting what yeah because I think I think that unless we have something that's gonna distinguish different characters from each other in in the magic then it's going to sound really 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 confusing down the line Mm. um Mm -hmm. i'm i'm curious if that comes down to something where they have the same baseline and then it accents or it um pitches differently depending on who's using it julia shafini everyone hello julia good Julia good, actually. Julia, so good. <laughs> You're hired. Whoa. I'm going those papers right now. Did I get an NDA yet? I don't know. A few days later, Julia asked us for examples of what properties certain characters' magic had. She wrote in our Discord, I'm gonna have a little fun this upcoming week. She sent us some samples. I cried. I didn't cry. But... I did have to get up and walk off all of the emotions I suddenly had. Sometimes you just gotta do a lap around the apartment. I have a heart of steel and nothing makes me cry. Okay, wait, that's a lie. I cry at everything, but not this. I was just so shocked at how accurate everything sounded. Just even at a first pass, it was just amazing. We know you're all dying to know now that we've told you that we know the answer. But if you want to hear what magic sounds like, you'll just have to wait until Valence comes out. Next time on Scoring Magic, hear all about me writing my first script for Valence, and what it's like to write using someone else's characters. Spoiler, it involves a lot of screaming into the night. Scoring Magic is a Hug House production. The music this week was The Gold Lining and Budding by Broke for Free. You can find more information on our amazing producer, Julia Shafini, at juliashafini.com. You can find more on Hughouse Productions at hughouse.productions. <laughs>